Well, amen. Thank you so much, Ellis, and the worship team. We're grateful for leading us today as we sing praises unto the Lord. What a joy it is to be with you here today at First Baptist Shipley. I'm so thankful for uh, Pastor Mike and the invitation, the opportunity to come. And I want you to know how much I love and admire and respect and value your pastor. Uh, he is a tremendous man of God. He's a great leader. And uh, many of you are maybe aware, but uh, he will be nominated in November to be the president of the Florida Baptist Convention. And uh, we can't think of anyone uh, more suited and ready to, to lead our convention in this way than, than Mike. And so I know that he is a blessing to you, he and his wife Stephanie, just great uh, followers of Christ, and uh, we love them so much. And would you join with me today just in expressing our thanks to the Lord that he's back after uh, being away. He shared he had preached nine times this past week and listened to nine sermons, and eight or nine, you know, after a while, <laughs> the time just continues. And so uh, if he needs a pass to sleep during the message today, I may be therapeutic and minister to him uh, in that way. So, uh, so thank you, uh, Pastor, for the privilege of being here today. I ask you to open the Word of God to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to read three verses, verses 12, 13, and 14. And if you're able, I would ask you to stand in honor of the Lord's word. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. May it accomplish what you have sent it to accomplish in each of our lives today. May we hear what the Spirit is saying, and may we be obedient and responsive to you. And we ask and pray this today in the wonderful name that is above all, the name of our Lord and of our Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The word press is expressed both explicitly and implicitly in each of these verses. It is a required action for each of us that we press. In verse 12, he says to press on. In verse 13, he says reaching forward, pressing forward. In verse 14, I press toward the prize of the upward call of God. The word press literally means to pursue, to pursue. And we speak about pursuing, we know that it moves everything to a totally different level. When we are pursuing, when we are pressing, there's a priority that is found within that. There's an urgency and a passion and an intensity. You're not going to pursue something unless you're committed to what you are pursuing. There's an, there's an intentionality, there's a, a zeal and a, an eagerness. It's not misplaced ministry, but it's laser-focused ministry on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm a sports fanatic. I, I watch any kind of sports, really, even though I may not even understand what they're doing. I just love the competition, and I, I love watching sports. 
And so every year during basketball season for many, many years, there's been a group of guys that get together at the end of the college basketball year, and we fill out those brackets during March Madness to pick who's going to win the college basketball tournament. And of course, we don't really gamble. We don't have anything at stake except pride and except bragging rights. And we just, you know, go back and forth with each other. We keep up with it week after week. Well, this year, during the tournament, this group of savant prognosticators who understand sports at an extremely high level, there were still two weeks left in the basketball tournament and our brackets were done. <laughs> we were so bad that all the teams that we picked had lost long before we even got into the finals of the tournament itself. And so there really wasn't a whole lot of bragging rights that went along with that this year. But we still watched the games and we talked about the games and it's so exciting to see when Teams are playing for something that matters, something that counts to them. And they realize that if they lose, they're done. If they lose, they're going home. And so when they hit the floor, they are pursuing. They're pursuing a goal. They're pursuing an objective to win the game because they want to continue participating in the tournament and ultimately be the champion of the tournament in terms of sports and in terms of basketball. And so as you watch the game, you see the intensity that is there. You see the passion and the zeal. These are individuals who have equipped themselves for the game. They have trained. They have readied themselves. They didn't just walk out on the court without any preparation. No, they had been through a lot to get to that point. And so as they're playing, they're putting their all in. They're putting their best effort in. They're trying. They're giving everything that they have because they want to continue competing and they want to continue participating in the tournament. As the game moves toward the closing moments of the game, they seem to find even another gear. And they're pressing full court, man to man. They're giving everything that they can to keep the other team from scoring, to score a points to ultimately win the game. And so when we use the word press, we understand it because we see it all around us in many, many different avenues of life. But here within the scripture, you and I are called to press into the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus had taught us this in Matthew chapter 6. He revealed to us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things shall be added unto you. To press first, urgency, passion, zeal, commitment, surrender, yielding your life unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Seek his kingdom first. And so Paul echoes this in the verses that we have read. He encourages us to press on to press forward, and to press toward. But why does he do this? Why is such a challenge necessary? And he answers that in the midst of the challenge itself because he says in verse 12, I have not attained. He also says in verse 12, I have not perfected. And then in verse 13, I have not apprehended. Now, Paul is not giving a testimony of laziness, being lethargic or complacent or uncommitted. He, he's not doing that at all. He is saying, I must press 
because this is a clear spiritual reality in my journey of faith. I'm a work in progress. Some days are better than others. Some weeks are better than others. Some Sundays are better than others. Some seasons are stronger than others. But in the midst of it, I must press. And Paul delineates this priority in verse 13 when he says, there is one thing that I do. There's one thing that I do. I am pressing. I am pressing into the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't do everything. I can't please everybody, but there's one thing I do, and I do it with all of my mind, with all of my body, with all of my soul, and with all of my strength. There's one thing that I do with excellence, and I do it to the glory of the Lord. I press in my journey of faith in Christ Jesus. So this morning, I want to encourage you, encourage me to press. I need to be reminded of this. I need to be reminded every day that there's, a, that there's work to be done. There's unfinished business in my own life and in the lives of others. And I've got to press, press into Christ. Fresh wind, fresh oil over our life, fresh fire, a readiness to pursue Christ above everything else. So let's examine this scripture today and examine it from perspective of your life and where you are spiritually and a challenge to press. Paul teaches us in verse 12 that we are to press onward. We're to press onward. Some of you are stuck in your spiritual life. You're just stuck. You haven't moved in a long time. You've kind of found a place where you're comfortable, it's easy, there's not a lot of demand, a lot, not a challenge here, and, and, and I can just kind of go through the motions here and be okay. No one's really challenging me about it. No one seems to have any, any issues with who I am and what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just okay. But we're not to live our lives to please men. We live our lives to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ never calls us to be complacent. He calls us to press. And so here within this text, he says to press onward. Notice how he says this in verse 12. Not that I have already attained or already perfected, but I press on, I press onward, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Now here is a person being very transparent about their faith. Probably a whole lot more transparent than most of us would be if we were testifying of our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has a confession. He says, I'll tell you what I'm not. <laughs> I'll be very honest about what I'm not. What I'm not is this. I, I've not attained. I, 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 I've not perfected. He, he, he is clear to say there are many needs in my life spiritually. There are many deficiencies in my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can choose to remain or I can choose to press on. And Lord, give me what I need in my walk with you. So he has a confession here. But he also talks about sanctification in the midst of this. I know what I need to be. I'm not perfected, but I want to lay hold of you as you have laid hold of me. Now, Paul was always very open about the things of his life. Remember in Romans chapter 7, he says, What I'm doing, I don't understand. He says, What I want to do, I don't do. 
and what I hate, that's what I seem to do. You can't get much more raw and real than that. What I'm doing, I don't really understand why I'm doing it. I know it's against the Lord, it's against His Word. Matter of fact, I'm not even doing His will. I'm just doing the things I want to do. I'm just living how I feel like I ought to live. I'm, I'm living to appease people or to, or to, to fit in culture. I, I don't even understand what I'm doing. And the things that I know I should be doing, I don't do. And the things that I know I should not be doing, those seem to be the things I'm doing within my life. So Paul is saying, I've not attained. I, I, I've not perfected. I, I'm a work in progress there's a lot that needs to be done within my life. But he balances that by totally affirming the finished work of salvation in Jesus Christ. Because he says, while I am not, Christ is. While I am imperfect, Christ is perfect. While I'm incomplete, Christ is complete. While I'm not whole, he is whole. While I'm not sufficient, he is totally sufficient in every way. And so he makes that fantastic affirmation that he wants to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Lay hold of me, a sinner bound for an eternal hell, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, saved by grace through faith. Of me and of you who are called to be servants of the Lord. Of me and of you, as Christ has laid hold of me, Paul says, I want to lay hold of him. And our victory is not in ourself. Our victory is in Jesus Christ the Lord. He and he alone is our Savior, our hope, and our salvation. Christ alone went to a cross to take our sins upon himself, paying in full that price and penalty for my sin and for your sin. He was the one and only sacrifice who finished and completed salvation's work there upon the cross who was buried and on the third day rose from the grave that through him you and I might have salvation, might have life abundant and life everlasting. Christ lays hold of me and he lays hold of you. And Paul's saying, but I'm not doing as good of a job laying hold of him. And I've got to grow in that. I've got to press on in that. While I have not perfected, Christ has perfected. And I'm saved, and I'm sealed, and I am secured by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ the Lord. Christ has laid hold of me, and there's nothing that can pluck me out of the Father's hand. There's nothing that can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus the Lord. And while I've read this phrase many times, as you have through the years, I hope that it will just grab hold of your heart in a new way today to realize that your salvation is complete in him, but your sanctification is an ongoing daily process, and we've got to press onward in our faith in the Lord. We can't find any sense of loss in reading the word, in praying, in serving, in giving, in witnessing, in being on mission for the Lord Jesus Christ. I must commit every day to press onward that I may be more and more like Jesus Christ every day of my life. Pressing onward. 
pressing in to those relationships with family, with your spouse, with your children, with your grandchildren, pressing into and onward in that opportunity and responsibility to grow because Christ has laid hold of you. And Lord, I want to lay hold of you as you have laid hold of me, pressing onward. But then he moves forward, and he says in verse 13 that we also have got to press forward. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do. Forget those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. Let me read that one more time. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward those things which are ahead. And the truth is, every person in this room has a past. <laughs> we all have a past. We all have things that we're ashamed of, embarrassed about. We all have things that, that certainly did not honor Christ Jesus the Lord, things that hurt others, things that hurt ourselves. We all have a past. Paul had a past. He understood that. Paul sought to wipe out Christianity from the face of the earth. He wanted to annihilate anything that was associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he went out persecuting Christians and imprisoning believers and even part of them being put to death. He had a past. But then on the road to Damascus, he met the risen Savior. And everything about his life changed. And Paul, understanding that, says, I can't hold on to the past. I've got, I've got to forget the things which are behind, and I've got to reach forward to the things which are ahead. Because the past will paralyze you. The past Satan uses to shame you and isolate you and separate you and get, drive guilt into your life, deceive you and lie. But your victory today is in Jesus Christ. He has laid hold of you. Christ has saved you. Christ has cleansed you. Christ has forgiven you. And because of that, don't quit. Don't give up. But press forward. Reach forward to be what God has called you to be by his goodness, his grace, and by his mercy. You see, when God moves in our life, it becomes our moment, our then. God's when becomes our then. When God saves, then. When God moves, then. When God heals, then. When God reveals, then. When God leads, then. When God provides, then. When God blesses, then. God's when becomes our then. Forget the past and reach forward the things that God has prepared for you within your life. Karen and I are blessed with three sons, adult children, and our oldest son uh, has been married here in the last few years, and he and the beautiful young lady that, uh, that he married, they dated for 10 years. You know, we're kind of like, <laughs> get on with this thing. You know, that's a decade of dating. Let's, let's move on if we're going to move on. And they did. Uh, the story of Natalie is a, is a beautiful story of God's when uh, becoming her and their and our then. Natalie was in an orphanage in Russia. She was eight years old. It was a very difficult life. Uh, first of all, just the circumstances of being in an orphanage and how you arrive there and then the life day by day. And being at the age of eight, you can imagine seeing other people come and they pick children and 
you're not the one who's picked. I mean, there's just a lot that's involved in that, I can imagine. There was a lady from Tampa who uh, came to that orphanage in Russia, and uh, she adopted Natalie. It was not her name there, had a Russian name, but uh, brought her back here to the States. And at the age of eight years, she's put into a public schools in Tampa, Florida, and all she spoke was Russian. You can imagine what that was like. But she was a person who very intelligent and just thrived. And since then, she's gone on to complete uh, university, nursing. She's a nurse in one of the hospitals there in Chattanooga today. Uh, back in December, uh, December of this past year, uh, they had a child, a little boy. His name is Nikolai, Nikolai Thomas Green. And we watch them parenting, and we just see so much love and you know, just surrounding Nikolai with just such, a, such encouragement and, and, and just, just the outpouring of their heart over him every day. It's really shocking to see our youngest son who didn't know how to make up his bed, you know, be a parent, you know, all of a sudden. And we go and visit, and they tell us exactly how to do everything. You know, they got a schedule, and we're like, you know, we did raise three of these, but, but we'll, we'll follow your schedule, and we'll do whatever ever you need. Done. You know, God's when becomes our then. We've got to press forward at times in life. We've got to forget the past because the past can destroy us. But by the goodness and the grace and the mercy and the love of God through Christ Jesus, we have been redeemed. And he has a plan and a purpose and a future for you. Press forward in that. Press forward in God's plan in and over your life. You know, you can use every situation, every circumstance, everyone else, every wrong of life as a reason for bitterness and anger and blame for what you're missing, excuse for what the limits are around your life, a reason for what you're not doing. You know, you have a, a litany of shattered dreams. I thought I would be here by now. I'd be, I would have this by now, doing this, leading this, appointed to this, my career, my finances, my family. At this season, my life and ministry would be here. And, and you focus more on what is not rather than what is. You focus more on why you cannot rather than why you can. And you live in this realm of what could have been rather than the blessing of what is in your life at this very moment. You can't move past the shattered dreams and trust God for your present and your future. He says, look at what lies ahead. <laughs> Press forward. You know, the state of Florida provides our churches, our family of churches across our state with incredible opportunities. And we got to press forward. First Chipley's got to press forward with other churches from Pensacola down to the Keys if we're going to impact this state for Christ. There are over 21 million people who live here in the state of Florida. And we got a lot of unfinished work to be done. There's a lot that lies ahead, and, and if we don't come together to press forward, then we're going to miss one of the greatest moments, greatest opportunities of ministry to touch the world from where we live that maybe anyone has ever seen in history. There are 4 million-plus students in the state of Florida. 1 million students on college campuses when they uh, enroll again here in the fall. 
four million students. Let's press forward in reaching that next generation for Christ. Let's leverage our resources and our influence and let's come together and say that we must reach this generation. We cannot lose them to the culture and to the world. And we have an opportunity as a family of churches to do great things in the area of those students. There are 5 million people in Florida age 65 and above. Age 65 and above. And, and, and they come to Florida to retire. I mean, I get all of that. Well, who would want to live here except when it's been as hot as it's been these last few days? But, but who would want to live in Florida? Come here to retire, play golf, enjoy leisure. But we got to change the conversation around that. You know, we don't come to Florida to retire to only have a heart attack and a Cadillac. We've got to come to Florida and recognize that there are people all around us that we can make a difference in their life who are closer to the kingdom of God and eternity than maybe any of us are in this room. And we need to focus on reaching that population for the Lord Jesus Christ. Then there are 12 million people that are sandwiched in between that. What a, what a place of ministry. And if we don't press forward, We'll be accountable for that before the Lord. If we don't press forward, we're missing. We're missing what is an opportunity of mission that's unparalleled within our state. This morning as we gather here, we have an amazing Florida Baptist family, multicultural, multiethnic, multilingual, multigenerational. Let me just give you a, a taste of what's happening with Florida Baptist churches, how they identify themselves primarily today. They're Hispanic and Haitian, Brazilian, Asian American, African American, Anglo, multi-ethnic, Caribbean, American Indian, Anglo-Arabic, Asian Indian. These are all churches that are meeting today across the state of Florida. Cambodian, Chinese, deaf, Pakistani, Caribbean, Ethiopian, Filipino, Hungarian, Japanese, Jewish, Korean, Florida Baptist family, Florida Baptist churches, Romanian, Russian, Slavic, Thai, Ukrainian, Vietnamese, Zomi Burmese, Bhutanese, Nepali, Portuguese. That's who we are. That's Florida. That's who Florida Baptists are. And we've got to come together and press forward in evangelism and church planting and church revitalization and missions and ministry together if we're going to make a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to forget what's behind and we've got to press forward to the things which are ahead. And I know that First Chipley is all in on reaching this state and beyond for the Lord. But then we move to verse 14. We've got to press, pursue, passion, zeal, urgency in what we do. He says there that we've got to press toward. Notice how he says that. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. We're pressing toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We're setting our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're setting our eyes upon the Savior, the one who is above all, the one through whom all things exist, the one through whom we trust, the one through whom our salvation is found. And we press Toward. We press toward that upward call of God. We don't press to build our name. We don't press to build our fame. We don't press to build a brand or a platform. We don't even press to build a church. We press for the kingdom of God. And we seek him first, and then all these things will be added unto you. You press forward. You press toward 
because you fully surrendered your life to Christ and you're not your own. You're bought with a price. And therefore, everything of your life is to be done to the glory of the Lord. You know, in the ministry of Christ, we read about his being in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and the word Gethsemane literally means an oil press. And, and, and that's how they would uh, find uh, the, the olive oil of that day. They would have this large cylinder of a stone, and with a mule, it would circle around. They would put the olives inside a press, and, and as it would go around, the pressure would become greater and greater and greater, squeezing out the oil that, that would be found. And, and there in the Garden of Gethsemane, Remember prior to going to the cross how, how Jesus prayed, how he prayed, how he prayed, how the disciples didn't pray, how they slept, how, how they, were not, they didn't have a sense of urgency and passion, but Christ moving toward the cross fell before the Father. And as he prayed with such urgency and with such zeal and with such passion, it says that there was sweat falling from his brow like great drops of blood. And he would say, Father, if it's thy will, let this cup pass from me, but Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, pressing toward the upward call. And we are to press toward. Oh, there's going to be pressure around that. There's going to be sacrifice around that. There's going to be releasing some things of our lives around that. There's going to be a level of obedience that we maybe have never experienced before, but we've got to press toward. We've got to press toward. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I mean, Paul pressed. He pressed on with boldness. He lived his faith at a cost. He faced prosecution and persecution. He was slandered and stoned and maligned and misunderstood. He was ostracized. He was outcast. He, he was imprisoned. And ultimately, he was martyred as he pressed toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But even in this writing of Philippians, he would say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. There may not be a more beautiful obituary written than what Paul wrote of his own life as he came to that upward call. In 2 Timothy, he would say, I fought the good fight. I pressed. I pressed onward. I pressed toward. And I pressed forward. I, I've, I, I've kept, I've finished the race. I've pressed. I've kept the faith. I've pressed. Henceforth. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. But not to me only, Paul would say, but unto all who love his appearing. And so this morning, our challenge is to press. Is to press. When was the last time that we really pressed? <laughs> as the people of God and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sacrificially, selflessly pressed. Coming together and saying, Lord, you've got a great work for us to do. 
I don't know exactly what my part is, but I'm pressing into it. I'm going to be found faithful in whatever that is. We come together as a family. God does great things through his people, through obedience and pressing, and pressing, and pressing. To some here today, this call is to press into his salvation. Let him lay hold of you today. <laughs> he loves you. He has done everything that needs to be accomplished for you to be saved. And whosoever will call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And today, there are adults and young people who need to come and say, I need Jesus in my life. I need to repent of my sins and turn away from sin and self under Christ, believing in his death, his burial, his resurrection, confessing him as my Lord and Savior and giving my life to him. Oh, you need to make that commitment today. You need to come today. You need to make that decision this morning to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I encourage you to come. There'll be pastors here in a few moments that will be thrilled to talk with you and pray with you about that very decision. Press into him as he is pressing into you by his spirit right now that he would lay hold of you and you can lay hold of him. There are believers who are here today and maybe, maybe you've hit that coast lane. Maybe, maybe you've backed up and maybe, maybe you're just stuck today and you've been saying, I know I should be doing more. I know I should be, I, I, and, and yet you haven't seemed to take that step. And the scripture today has challenged you to press, to find a new level of commitment and zeal and intensity in your fellowship with Christ, in your walk with the Lord, and to allow God to use you in greater ways that only he can do. And come today and say, I want to make that commitment of my life. I want to press onward and forward and press toward in the Lord Jesus Christ. So invitation time is that opportunity for you to respond, and I pray that by God's goodness and grace and by his love that you will heed and you will respond to his call to you today. Let's stand with every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your love, your grace, your mercy to us. And Lord, as we read the scripture today we realize that that we need to find that place of priority one thing i do and lord we need to make it about your work and your kingdom obedience unto you O lord in every area of our life lord there are students here preparing to go back to school lord i pray they'll press into you today Lord, there are adults here who this week in their business and in their occupation they have struggles and trials lord may they just press into you today there are people here today, Lord, who have reached that season of life. They're retired, but yet they're extremely busy doing many things. Lord, I pray they'll press into you today. Lord, Father, we pray as well for those today who do not know you as their Lord and Savior, that today, Lord, that they will come and just give their life to you. Father, may we press together as a family of churches across our state into this great field of mission and ministry to make a difference reaching men and women and boys and girls for Christ. Lord, help us to press without any sense of recognition or any, any building of our name, Lord, but just to your name and to your glory alone. So, Lord, may this invitation be a time of prayer to this altar. May it be a time of commitment publicly with pastors, whatever you're leading. Lord, I pray that we will respond to you now, and we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing, would you come now?
What a great word today. What a great challenge. Uh, how edifying and also convicting at the same time that is. Thank you, Dr. Green, for that great word today. We're grateful for your ministry to us. I want to ask if you would to be seated for baptism. Good morning, church. Good morning. It's always a good Sunday to follow up with, with believers' baptism. Amen. Now, the Lord really worked at camp, and we are so thankful for what the Spirit did. And uh, the Lord worked in, in the hearts of two of our young ladies. Uh, one, of, one of these is getting baptized this morning. And so, Savannah Tice, if you would come sit down right here and be careful, please. We don't want to have to baptize you twice. That'd be, but we will do it. Now, the Lord was working in Savannah's life uh, deeply this week at camp, and uh, it was on a Thursday night, uh, the night before we come back. The Spirit of God was just pressing on her, and watching and listening to her talk, uh, me and Miss Mallory Corbin, we just got filled with the Holy Spirit because the Lord was working all over Savannah. And as she had tears rolling down her face, she just began to express that she recognized that she could not do this. And she couldn't, she couldn't do it alone. She recognized her lostness and her need for Christ. And I can remember looking at her with tears in her eyes, and she said, I can't do this. And all I could do was smile with, with, with just joy. Um, because I looked at her and said, Jesus can. And so she, right then and there, called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord saved her. And we rejoice in that this morning. And she's here to be baptized. And so, Savannah, I want to ask you, and I want you to look out. This is your church family. We love you. And we're here to support you. So have you made the decision to surrender to Christ Jesus as Lord? Yes, well, based on that profession of faith, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, that'll fire you up, won't it? <laughs> Well, we've got to, I hate to, I hate to do this, we have to do some business right now.